In this podcast, Pastor George Reynolds and Pastor Taylor Poff talk about the fast pace that many of us are living our lives and how it can hinder our ability to be present with God, with others, and with ourselves. They discuss actionable steps that we can use to create healthy routines and habits that benefit our lives and our relationships. This episode is part two of a three-part series called Rule of Life, a series on resetting our lives that goes along with our November 2020 sermon series called Reset. Welcome to the Lingolstown Life Podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings and encouraging devotionals to help you deepen your faith. Well, thanks for joining us for uh, for the second part of our uh, podcast on creating a rule of life. And uh, I'm joined today by Pastor Taylor, and uh, we're going to uh, to enjoy this uh, this next time together as uh, as we learn how we can uh, build some rhythms into our our everyday life that will help us to uh, to be able to to connect and be present with uh, with God ourselves and with others. So, uh, Taylor, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, it's great to be here. Uh, excited to talk more about this idea. Uh, you know, last week uh, on the podcast and part one of our series, you spent a lot of time with the question about how fast God walks. And in that episode, you were talking about the speed of life and its effect on our ability to reset our life. So, so why is speed such an important aspect in this discussion about resetting our whole life? Well, First of all, Taylor, I'm not going to give away the answer to the question from last week about how fast does God walk, because I want to encourage people to go back and actually listen to that first podcast in the series and, and get the answer there. But, but a, a really good way to explain why, why the speed in which we live life is so important to resetting our lives is found in a story that I'm sure you and many others have heard before. But the story goes something along the lines of uh, about a century ago, some European missionaries uh, found themselves in Africa and they hired some local villagers to, uh, to serve as guides and to transport their supplies to a distant outpost. So the, uh, the guides moved at a much slower pace than the missionaries uh, desired. So after the first uh, two days, they, they pushed them to go faster and faster and on day three of the trek, the group went twice as fast as they did on day two. So around the campfire that night, the missionaries were congratulating themselves for the fact that they were able to, to move so quickly. But on day four, the, uh, the guides wouldn't budge. Um, they weren't gonna go anywhere. And the missionaries asked, well, what's, what's wrong? And, um, the reply that they received back was, well, we cannot go any further today. And they asked, well, why not? Uh, everyone appears to be in good shape. And, and the leader said, well, yes, but we went so quickly yesterday that today we must wait for our souls to catch up with us. And I, I've loved that story ever since the very first time I heard it because 
I think that just describes how we live life. Um, and, and the speed at which we live life today really prevents us from being able to be present to God, to be present to others, and maybe most importantly, uh, just present to ourselves. So, so the speed of life uh, is really disabling our ability to be present to life as a whole, uh, but it also keeps us too preoccupied to take the time that's necessary to really reset our lives. And, and unfortunately, too many people don't take the time to reset uh, until a health or a relationship issue really explodes uh, in front of them. So, so that's the sort of place to get started. That makes a lot of sense. It, it reminds me of uh, what my wife calls hurry sickness when we just get so focused on moving ahead that we never take time to catch up. Um, so if the goal of, of resetting our life is to be transformed so that we're present with God, present with others, and, and even present with ourselves, what are some ways that we as a community of faith can do that resetting? Well, you know, there, there are probably as many different ways to reset our lives as there are people. It's going to be unique for everyone. So let me, let me just start by highlighting a few things that go into this. Um, first, we need to take responsibility for resetting our lives, and we need to be serious about that because um, it, it really begins with personal responsibility. Um, years ago, I read a quote from Wayne Cordero in his book called The Divine Mentor, and he was, he was talking about his spiritual health, uh, but I think the, the quote really applies here just as well. He, he says this, he said, quoting, my problem wasn't a lack of resources. My problem was that I was expecting others to spoon feed me. I wanted others to do what only I could do, take responsibility for my own spiritual health and nourishment. And, and you know, what Wayne was talking about there was spiritual health, but I think it just equally applies to our need to reset our lives because no one else is gonna do it for us. We have to take responsibility for it ourselves. So, so take responsibility. Don't expect someone else to reset your life. You have to recognize that, that need and you have to take responsibility to do it. And, and the second thing I wanna remind everybody about it is that accomplishing any reset in our life, it really requires the support and encouragement of other people. Um, and I got into that as I talked to, during our message series on being the church about how we need, we need that intimate network of, of disciples who can help us get to where God wants us to go. <clears throat> because resetting our lives requires people who can hold us accountable and people who can encourage us uh, in the steps that we are going to take. One more quick point. Uh, that we need to recognize that, that all of us experience unique seasons of life. Um, the things that we're going to talk about will be impacted by those unique seasons in which we find ourselves. Um, my personal favorite example to, to share with people is often uh, around running. Uh, when we had kids uh, at home, 
um, my running was usually associated with chasing after the kids. Um, and so I didn't really get serious uh, and into a regular pattern of running until my kids were out of the house. Uh, it just wasn't something that I had time to do. And, and so I think it's important for us to recognize that, uh, that the, the rules, the role of life may be something that is adjusted depending upon the season of life that we find ourselves in. So I, I want people to recognize that, uh, that while we may try and develop certain roles, uh, the reality is they're going to be adapted as we move through through life. Yeah, it sounds like the context really sets a lot of that up. Right. Um, so let's let's talk about specifics of the ways that we can um, bring rest into our life. Uh, some of what you're talking about is from this monastic tradition. Uh, the rule of life is what it's often called. Can you tell us a little bit more about what a rule of life is? Sure. Um, I'm going to rely on Pete Scazzaro, who, who's written a book called The, Emo uh, the uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Um, Pete's a, a pastor from New York City, and he, he's written extensively about this, but he says a rule of life is, quote, an intentional, conscious plan to keep God at the center of everything we do. Um, the, 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 for all of us, you know, for us to reset our life, what we find in that definition is, first of all, being intentional. Um, the rule of life is an intentional plan. It's something that we, that we write out. It's something that is intentionally structured into the rhythm of everyday life. And for us as disciples of Jesus, resetting our life needs to start with our relationship with Jesus as a foundation. And I talked about that uh, in, in my sermon the other day. But, but the rule of life has really been around since probably back in the fourth century. And it's becoming more and more popular the more frenetically paced life becomes because people are realizing, wow, I've got to find a, a healthier rhythm to life. Um, but uh, at the same time, I want to remind people that the role, the role of life isn't about creating a detailed to-do list that you have to maintain, but a rule of life instead gives you the opportunity to prayerfully discern the rhythms that keep you present with God, keep you present with others, and keep you present with yourself. And so if you go all the way back to the monastic tradition, um, th these people who sort of separated themselves were trying to find a rhythm to life and to, to be present to God in that everyday rhythm of life. And, and I can imagine someone listening to this is thinking, so Pastor George, isn't this the same as just adding spiritual disciplines like prayer or reading scripture into our daily life? Is it, isn't it what we're already doing? Well, spiritual disciplines can be a, a part of a rule of life or, or of creating a new rhythm to our life, but, but it's more than just adding a spiritual discipline uh, or some aspect of a spiritual discipline to, uh, to our lives. But, but let me get to a few keys for resetting our life or crafting a rule of life. And 
I want you to sort of think in terms of some broad categories that we've been talking about here, our, our relationship with God, our, our relationship with ourselves and our relationship with others. Um, and, and I wanna remind you of what I said in the first episode, ultimately, this is about slowing down to be present to God, present to others, and ultimately present to ourselves because resetting our lives isn't about adding one more thing to life, but it's finding the rhythm that allows us to be present um, to, to God, to ourselves, and to others. So, so let's talk more about those three categories. Um, and again, next episode, we're going to walk through how to make this all practical. But, but for right now, how can we um, understand better our relationship to God, relationship to others, and relationship with ourselves? Okay. Yeah, and, and I think this is really the best way to think about, about the, 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 a, a rhythm to our life is to think about it in terms of relationships. Um, now, when we think about our relationship with God, primarily we think about spiritual disciplines. We think about things like prayer and Bible reading. Uh, and there are a host of other spiritual disciplines that can help us to be present with God. But you know, when you think about resetting our relationship with God, it, it, take, it, it's, it really begins by taking the time to be present with God. And that means reading scripture, engaging in prayer. But I think the, the big thing for, for many people is finding time for silence and solitude. And um, I, I personally am trying to, to get a handle on that because I'm the kind of person that usually is surrounded with noise. I, you know, I'm the guy that plays the radio all the time so, uh, so sometimes I just have to turn everything off and, uh, and be silent. I, I often laugh because my watch tells me, you know, it's time to breathe. Um, and, and I wish I could sort of change that and uh, tell, have my watch remind me that it's time to be silent. Um, it's time to just, to just be silent for a little bit. And, and what's, what I think is really interesting is just how much people have been talking during the pandemic about the value of science uh, of si silence because that silence really allows our mind to process life in general and, and if we are not if we're not making room for silence in our lives um, our brain doesn't really have time to process everything um, and that includes our, our being present to God and what God is doing in our midst, what God is doing through the people around us. Um, but the, the whole key for this is how can I be present to God? How can I be aware that God is actively involved in my life? And, and so a good question is, do we have that kind of, of rhythm of engaging where we can be present with God, whether that's through through uh, through through reading Scripture, whether that's uh, in prayer, whether that's taking time for silence, whether that's you know you, you preached about this going out and and being present in in nature where where God is revealing Himself to us. Um, so 
you know, for me, when I think about that rhythm of my relationship with God, it begins first thing in the morning because I open the Bible app and I engage with God first thing in the morning. And that's, that's the rhythm of my day. And if I get out of that rhythm, um, it's easier for me to, to miss that relationship or, or to miss how I'm present with God. So everyone is going to have, you know, in terms of, of finding time to be present with God, if there's a specific time, it's probably going to be a little different for everybody. But the, the key part is, do you have a a rhythm that puts you, uh, that makes you present with God. It's really helpful. So um, tell me more about what does this, uh, what does this bring to relationships with uh, ourselves? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's equally important for us to recognize that, that we need to, to be, present with ourselves because the speed at which we live life well it really tends to cause us to miss to miss our body telling us that there's something wrong and uh, I guess they often say that men are the worst at this uh, listening to their bodies um, but we need to be present to ourselves otherwise we miss the opportunity to be present in all the other areas of our life um, a few good examples here uh, revolve around just good personal mental and physical hygiene. Um, and that may sound like a funny place to put a word like hygiene, but the reality is we all need to clean up our lives. Um, so here we can talk about things like sleep and Sabbath and physical health. And uh, some people may ask, well, why, why is sleep an essential rhythm to life? Well, simply because it's an essential part of how God created us. Um, God created us to experience sleep, to have Sabbath, to, to have good physical health. Um, so sleep is essential to good health. Uh, it's essential to good mental health, physical health, emotional health. Um, I think as well, spiritual health. Um, and I've heard a lot of people talk uh, especially during the pandemic about how much trouble they're having sleeping. And, um, you know, I think that's why a good rhythm of sleep is life giving to us personally. Um, I, I, I read this many, many years ago, but I often remind people that in the Hebrew tradition, the day actually begins uh, with sunset and the thought of, you know, going to sleep. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sleep is really a way for us to begin our day by placing our trust in God. You know, I'm going to fall asleep and say, God, you can take care of everything from here on out. Hmm. Um, and, and so that's sort of what, what sleep is. And it, it's, a, it's an act of trust. Trust God to take care of everything else. Now, Sabbath, uh, this whole idea of Sabbath is actually related to the fourth commandment. Um, and where God tells us to, to keep the Sabbath holy. Um, and, and for some reason, we just connect Sabbath with going to church. Um, 
but Sabbath is not just going to church because that's just an hour, uh, you know, if you think about it. But Sabbath, uh, as we understand it from scripture, is ceasing from work, okay? It can include times of worship, but Sabbath is taking the time to slow down, to break the cycle of work, but, but simply it's having time to turn off your phone, to get away from your email and, uh, and doing something that really renews your life. Now, just speaking as a pastor, you know, Sabbath for me isn't Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, Sabbath is, is unplugging from work. It's going to spend time with my grandkids. That's sort of become my Sabbath. Um, but sometimes Sabbath for me can also be hopping on a lawnmower, uh, spending a day outside, whether that's going for a walk or, uh, or, or doing outdoor work, because I've spent a lot of my time indoors uh, doing other things. So Sabbath is getting away from the habit of work and finding time to, to just refresh our lives. But we can talk more about that uh, in the next episode. But the, but the last thing I mentioned in this category was this whole idea of physical health. And uh, I know that that's very, very personal thing uh, because everybody has different challenges there with their physical health. But, but we need to take good care of our bodies. Um, and we need to have a rhythm to that. So, so eating healthy, getting some regular kind of movement into our schedule. Um, for me, you know, that's going out and running. And I've often told people, if I get out of that rhythm of running, you don't want to be around me because it just, it, it, it affects me. Um, and it, it messes with the rest of my life. So. I totally understand. My wife can tell it when I have not biked for a few days, uh, it comes out in different ways. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think it's a really important thing for the listeners at home to think about, you know, what routines do they have in place that help them to take care of themselves and their relationship with God and, and maybe what sort of movement they ought to add to their life. Um, one thing for me I've been trying to do at the Rockville campus is to walk the neighborhood every day just mm-hmm. so I encounter folks, encounter God. Um, I think that can be something we can all do in our neighborhoods or communities. Sure. That, that, and that, that really leads us perfectly into the to this yep. this last category because you know when we're when we're taking the time to uh, to, to to disconnect from you know our phones and everything else in life it really helps us to be present with other people yep. um you know and none of us are are meant to navigate life alone i mean we need other people and uh and and we need a rhythm that incorporates those other relationships in a way that enables us to be present with people. Um, you know, if you're, if you're married, uh, you know, you need to ask yourself, well, what are the rhythms that are built into life so that we can strengthen that relationship? You know, do you have a date night? Uh, do you have, uh, do you have a, a rhythm, you know, of sitting down to, to breakfast or dinner or something like that? where you can actually connect with each other. Uh, if you have children, you know, is there a, a rhythm that connects you with your children? 
um, you know, regular, regular things that you do to connect so that you're, you're present with them. You know, they're not, they're not just an afterthought, but you are literally present with them. Mm -hmm. Um, if you think about a, a biblical model for our relationship with others, I think this is, this is really important. Uh, biblically, we often talk about needing a Paul and a Timothy. Mm -hmm. uh, that is that we need somebody who can be a mentor who is leading us, but we also need to be leading others or mentoring someone else uh, in our life. And I think that that really calls us to be present. Um, and and really connect with God and connect with ourselves. There's a lot that goes into that. Uh, but I think this is this is also a good place to think about the value of our church family, uh, both the the corporate body of faith that we worship together with, but but also those inter in, intimate networks of disciples um, that we should be connecting with on a regular basis. So so. Um, so that, that's just really it, you know, we need to be present to God, present to ourselves and present to others. And, and we need to have those roles, that rule of life, those rhythms that help us to keep uh, and maintain those categories. Absolutely. I think that's so important. Um, I just think it, uh, those, how we connect with others is really important. I've been thinking a lot too about and how much our devices allow us to connect at certain levels, but I wonder how much of our time is used doing all the other things we can distract ourselves with instead of yeah. using them for that social purpose. Yeah, that's, that's the, uh, the thing that's so often talked about, you know, we're the most connected uh, generation, and yet at the same time, we're also oftentimes referred to as the loneliest generation because we don't have those kind of intimate relationships with people. Yeah. So George, do you have any examples from scripture that sort of show us uh, the impact of this sort of rhythm, this sort of rule of life? Sure. Um, I think probably the best place we find an example is in the Old Testament in the book of Daniel. Um, in, the, in the Hebrew scriptures, Daniel provides a good example of how a rule of life prepares us for life's daily challenges. Um, Daniel and his, and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were all exiles in a foreign land, but they had a rule of life that enabled them to make choices that maintained their faith while they were in this pagan land. And here's a key point about this story. They didn't wait until they were in Babylon to establish a rule of life. Um, the rule was already a part of who they were before they needed it. So really, when you think about it, um, oftentimes when we hit a critical point in life, we're, we're grasping for some of these rhythms or, or this rule of life. And really, the best option is to have this rule be before we find ourselves carried away into places with, that we don't want to be. But specifically, when you think about Daniel and his friends, how they used that rule, uh, their rule of life, they had two purposes. And, and the first one was that it enabled them to avoid certain activities. Um, we read about that in Daniel 1, where they avoided the king's food. 
um, later on how they avoided bowing down to an idol. Um, so that's one thing, if you think about it, a rule of life helps us to establish boundaries uh, that keep us connected with God and with, with others and for ourselves. So, um, so in Daniel's case, the, the rule um, gave him those boundaries. And the other thing about Daniel's rule of life in the midst of daily tasks and responsibility, uh, it kept Daniel engaged in daily practices. In Daniel chapter six, we read about how, how Daniel every day um, opened the windows and, and prayed. And that kept him grounded in his faith. Even when, uh, even when he was up against uh, of some people who were trying to, to eliminate him, he still carried through with his practice. Um, he wouldn't let anything uh, get him out of that rhythm of daily um, praying. So that's that's a, a good biblical example. Yeah, that, that uncompromising commitment to God, to self, and to others, I think, is really, really a part of what he's doing there. Well, George, thank you for sharing these great thoughts about uh, rule of life. Uh, we've had a lot to think about for ourselves as we connect to God, others, and ourselves this week in our rhythms. Uh, and next week, of course, we'll continue to figure out what it will look like to specifically establish rhythms for our life. Well, Taylor, thanks a lot. Uh, I've appreciated doing this and uh, want to thank all of our listeners today for joining us and uh, be sure to not only uh, sh listen to this podcast, but uh, really want to encourage you to share it with others, because I think there's a lot that, that anybody can benefit from. Uh, even, even people who, who aren't people of faith uh, can find a lot to, uh, to en engage their lives and just simply learn to be present. So thanks, everybody. And uh, we'll catch you next week on part three and the final part. Thank you for joining us on the Lingolstown Life podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope that you will leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more at www.lingolstownlife.org. God bless you and may you go forth to love God and love others.